I don't know how many of you saw this uh, this week, um, but this was put out by BBC Scotland, because I think Easter morning can be a little bit confusing, because you have like chickens and eggs and lambs and Jesus, and what is the connection? It's just crazy, isn't it? So let's just, just before we start, let's watch this. Dad, are you painting a face on an egg? Yes, I am. Have you lost your mind? No, it's for Easter. Ah, uh, Easter. Right, okay. What's wrong with Easter now? I just don't understand what it's all about. Why do you give me chocolate? How do you mean? When I ask for chocolate, Mum said, no, 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 not good for you. Sometimes you give me more chocolate, what I can eat. Like when? Easter, Halloween, Christmas, my birthday. Okay, okay. The country has gripped by obesity. All our celebrations have loads of chocolate. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I don't get the characters either. What characters? The Easter characters. We learned all about Easter at nursery. Yeah. Our Easter bunny and Jesus best pals. Well, not really. It's Easter Bunny and the Bible. Does, does he carry a basket of eggs all the time? Well, the thing is, he's not really in the... Does Jesus totally love chocolate then? Well, the thing is, Easter Bunny's not really in the Bible. What do you think Jesus' favourite chocolate is? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he had a favourite. My favourite's Puttons. Listen, Isla, lots of people believe lots of different things, but the most important thing is that we have fun together. You know What's that? Bunnies don't even lay eggs. It's cute, isn't it? Um, so, uh, what was Jesus' favourite chocolate? Isn't it fantastic Easter day? Isn't it brilliant? It's good to be together, isn't it? Um, I don't know about you, but when I read the story, this is the, the morning, three days later, they're like, oh, the disciples, they're, they're wrecked. The, uh, I'm aware that sometimes we can get into conversations, can't we? I don't know if you have. There's some people you talk with, and when you're talking with them, you feel like the conversation is full of life and full of possibility. You feel like, oh, oh this is a really great conversation. You're excited about the new. Um, you might have one of those conversations with people where you really remember all the things that have been really positively and then there are those conversations you have um, where you feel more like this, where actually they're conversations that feel full of hopelessness and full of disappointment. And that's what we get with these two disciples in this uh, passage from Luke's Gospel. Two disciples, really sad and really confused. And I think they're thinking this what the heck? happened back there. What on earth was it that we were a part of? Jesus has been killed by the system. He's a political figure and neither the religious leaders nor the political leaders liked him. He was a revolutionary. He was an insurgent. He was supposed to be the Messiah who was going to bring freedom. He represented a different way and he was going to deliver Israel. So they had all of these hopes 
of what was going to be. But their hopes had changed. And they have scattered and they are gutted. I don't know what uh, you do when you're gutted, um, but we have a big tendency, don't we, to just run away and hide. And that's what these guys were doing. They're walking away from where the action has been, probably because they thought they were going to be chased after. But you see, death had won. That's what they thought. The hope they had had gone. The future they had dreamt of had been lost. They got memories, but they just felt sour now. And then they're walking along, and Jesus comes and walks with them. But they couldn't see him. He was there, but they couldn't see that it was Jesus. They couldn't see that Jesus was right there with them. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Because you almost realize that they couldn't see him in life as well as in his resurrection. And Jesus asks them all sorts of questions about their experiences. And he explains some stuff to them. And then he says what I think is just the coolest thing. You are so (laughs) thick-headed. So pleasant, Jesus, isn't he? He's like, guys, honestly, what is wrong with you? You are super slow. Do you not get it? Jesus is telling them to see differently. And it's only when they invite him to stick around for some food, and they still haven't recognized him, it's only when he comes to have some food with them, and he does that, that they suddenly see in the bread. They suddenly see when he does the most ordinary thing. The resurrection is seeing the divine in the seemingly ordinary. The resurrection is seeing the divine in the seemingly ordinary. You see, we see things as we are, not as they are. And the two disciples, they're walking along and they've got all their doubts and their questions and they're talking and they're sad and everything about their world is completely unraveling, just like ours do sometimes. And God is walking with them. The resurrected Jesus is with them in the middle of the ordinary. And he's with us in the middle of the ordinary. Some of you know that um, over Lent, I uh, committed to do several things, but one of the more public things was uh, to do uh, a Lent photo, an urban photo thing every day. It was a prayer, um, a reflective thing that I wanted to do to really push myself to see if I could be truly open to this idea that God was present in the ordinary. Like thinking about how close to the line am I following him? 
like bumping into grace where I least expect it on a wall in Camberwell or seeing pavement art by the bus stop by Burgess Park on the way home or a flower growing out of a brick wall or a beautiful heart painted on a wall in Soho or a heartbeat just down by the Chinese restaurant down near Jubilee Park or in graffiti tunnel the question really Lent has been all about of can you let go and let God and then knowing that in the resurrection it'll all be okay promise see in the egg hunt in the baby lamb hunt (laughs) that we did the challenge is not just where we look but it's how we look and for us the resurrection is learning to see differently and see God I am with you always I am with you always the next thing resurrection is discovering that there is box of tricks (laughs) there is no box that you can put God in there is no box that you can put God in. You see, sometimes we intellectualize our way to God. Some of us here are super bright. Some of us here have got like loads of certificates, more than our cycling proficiencies. But you cannot simply intellectualize your way to God. That is foolishness. You cannot know God with your mind alone. And we're always wanting to comprehend everything. Have I got God sewn up? And the resurrection is a kick in the teeth of that. It says, yes, your mind, but actually everything about who you are. Which is why the disciples say, didn't we feel on fire? It was about here as well as here. The resurrection is about the whole of who you are. The resurrection is about Jesus being more and more and more and more than any box anyone had ever tried to put him into. The resurrection really is heaven touching earth. The resurrection is realizing and knowing that the story ends differently. I love the story of the three trees. It's one of my favorites. The resurrection, the ending of the story is not death. The resurrection tells us that the end of the story is love. And we have a million opportunities to show that love day in and day out. We are invited to live out the truth of, oh death, where is your sting? We are invited into the resurrection story to be bringers of love over death 
And we, you and me, we become signs of the resurrection. So where we see loneliness, we bring resurrection. Some of you will have heard of uh, Richard Coles, um, who's the guy who used to be in a pop band, but he's a Radio 2, Radio 4 uh, presenter and brilliant vicar. And he, he wrote this yesterday. I was taking home communions for Easter today around the parish and further flung places where parishioners are in nursing care. The body of Christ, I say, and they receive, and I say a prayer for them, and they say amen. But what they really want, and what I have learned to give as generously as I can, and it doesn't come naturally to me, is a hug. Lots of them are never touched by anyone apart from nurses doing nurses' things. And I can feel their craving through their cardigans. The resurrection. The resurrection brings life over death. Where we see violence, we bring peace. Where we see hatred, we bring love. Where we see suicide, we bring all the hope that we can. Where we see human trafficking, we bring the resurrection and say no. Where we see exclusion on whatever grounds, we bring inclusion. Where we see grief, we sit with people. Where we see sadness and we bring joy. To all these. Racism, sexism, any kind of evil and hurt. We bring resurrection. Resurrection is all things being made new. Resurrection is all things being made new. I want to introduce you to someone. This is Felix. <laughs> Felix was born this time last week and I see him when he was just a few hours old. I was invited to be part of the family. Um, and I saw him and I cried when I walked in. <laughs> He'd had a tough birth, you can see. <laughs> um, it was grim for his mum. She's a young mum. And it was grim for him. He's wearing a hat because his head was all bruised and sore and out of shape. This is Felix. He is new. And he's pure and possible and full of potential. This is the resurrection. This is what resurrection is for all of us. It's the day when everything that is old is thrown off and the new comes. The old has gone and the new has come. And the cry for us in our own lives is resurrection. I rise. 
the things that have defeated you, the things that are death in your own life, you rise because Jesus rose. It changes the conversation. It changes the conversation with the two disciples. Suddenly, everything, everything that we look at, everything that we see, everything that we encounter, everything that we bump into is full of resurrection possibility, new life. The old has gone and the new has come. And the resurrection is a memorial to resistance and the sign that love will always, always win. I don't know how many of you are familiar with some of these images and I'll finish on this little story. This is uh, a place called Shule in Lithuania. It's incredible. Uh, one of the principals uh, of one of the Oasis Academies um, showed me a picture of this and I was a bit blown apart. It kind of looks like, oh yeah, Jill, that's great. That's just like a load of crosses. Um, Shule is in Lithuania. It's, it's called the Hill of Crosses. And if you ever wanted to know that the cross was an act of resistance and a statement which says love wins, then this is it. Today, they reckon that on this, what is just simply a mound, flat fields, and then there's a small mound, they reckon that today there is somewhere between 200,000 and half a million crosses. And the history, that's it, the history of the place is one of defiance. The first cross was put there in 1831 when the people rose up against the oppressive Russian rule. In 1863, there was another uprising and more crosses were placed there. By 1914, there were 200 crosses. By 1940, there were 400 crosses. The hill, the mound, endured Nazi occupation and still more crosses were put by the followers of Jesus saying there is a different way and under Russian under Soviet rule more crosses were put there as a statement of defiance as a statement of saying that love wins of a statement of saying there is a different way. And they bulldozed it again and again. The Soviet uh, uh, authorities tried to bulldoze it. And it was taken down and more crosses appeared. And at night, the KGB used to post their agents around the mound to stop people placing crosses. And still people placed the crosses. And today... Half a million crosses. And parents encourage their children to go and read the story. The story which says love wins. The story that says there's always a different way. 
the way that says we bring life over death. This Easter is Freedom Day. This was never about religion. This was always about love. This is the resurrection. You uh, hopefully were given a leaf. Were you given a leaf on the way in? Yeah? I don't know about you, but maybe um, in some of the things I've said, you might be thinking, actually, I, wanna, I want to make a statement this Easter that I want to be someone who brings life and love where I see death. Might be in the smallest thing. For some of you, it might be that this Easter, you just want to write a little prayer which says, God, I want this to be a new day, a new start. The old has gone and the new has come. For some of you, it might simply be that there's one thing or something that I've said during today where you're like, do you know, that's, that's stuck with me. What we'd like you to do, and the um, band are going to come and play a very brilliant call song called Lay It Down. Um, uh, what we'd like you to do, if you're able to, is to just write a little prayer and then uh, if you want to, you can bring it to the front and we're just going to turn those leaves into like a, a a prayer cross. Is that okay? So um, it's a way of marking, yes, this is Resurrection Day, the day that love wins and freedom comes for all of us. And um, the band are going to play. I think the words may appear or they may not. Feel free to join in as well. It's a very cool song. So thank you. <laughs> 